0: And we're back
1: welcome welcome
0: yes again we kind of will quickly mention this but if you hear a little extra in the background we have that special guest with us today and we'll kind of go a little bit more into that but um today's episode is a discussion
1: uh, yeah we're just gonna talk yeah we're just a little bit of everything a little bit. one thing it. will lead us to the next and then the next and then and as then, you guys all know then i then the next.
0: definitely have opinions whether um, they're right or wrong up to you. But just
1: a quick little cliff note. Uh, we're going to talk about an article on the APTA called The Beat Goes On, talking about cardiovascular diseases and PT. We're going to talk a little bit about preventative care versus post-care, a little bit about hospice we're going to talk a about insurances we're going to talk about well it all wraps specialties. together specialties guys <laughs> right it sounds super sporadic but it all flows together it goes from one to the next and you'll see how we kind of get there but it's just a discussion just kind of going it's a lot of wherever like the wind takes us just
0: kind of coming out um yeah and so uh let's go ahead and literally just dive in we're gonna go ahead head first let's go
1: You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken.
0: And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right. Well, let's see. Sorry if you guys can hear chewing in the background. We've got the special guest of Clifford in the room. We have a
1: nice little audience.
0: Uh, Yeah. Jeremy's gone again on a trip for work. And when he's gone, Clifford will not let us keep him out of the recording room. It's That'll not gonna he'll, happen.
1: He'll just be hanging out.
0: Yeah, so if you hear him a little bit in the background, um, we did wanna warn you guys, um, he's usually not too bad. But Ken picked out a special topic uh for us today. He kind of was looking up some fun articles on the APTA website of just kinda like what's new trending um within our field and um, one of the articles he found raised a couple of questions that we are going to discuss today. So I'll go ahead and let Ken uh, tell you a little bit about the article that he found.
1: Uh, so the article I found is called The Beat Goes On. So the topic of it is how PTs and PTAs can help ease the projected increases in cardiovascular disease. Um, the reason we kind of picked this topic and... We've mentioned it in the past before is kind of going back to like vitals are vital, um, kind of measuring blood pressure, heart rate, O2 stats, all of that for every single patient. And if that's practical, that's the first question. For outpatient clinics, sometimes they're really busy. Sometimes we don't have like we don't spend so much time with patients. It's just once the next. Can we dedicate five-ish minutes to just check all their vitals? some settings i'm sure it's easier to do that or more when it's warranted someone comes in with a history of blood pressure or comes in with o2 tanks o2 tanks oxygen tanks o2 tanks
0: o2 or o2 i don't
1: know why oh, it sounded weird
0: yeah it sounds weird it just
1: it sounds yeah just no, o- I no they're just oxygen tanks
0: no well they're oxygen tanks yes 0
1: 0
0: o2 i think scuba diving calls them that more than in the healthcare.
1: Okay, well, anyways, but it just sounded weird It just sounded weird when I said it.
0: Technically, it is correct in both ways. <laughs> okay, so
1: they come in with oxygen tanks, we'll take their oxygen levels with the pulse ox and all that. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that if they come in relatively healthy. So in this article, they started pointing out that by the year of 2060, almost anything re- related to cardiovascular disease is going to go up like 40%. Mm-hmm. So you have obesity, you have hypertension, um, the chances of uh, an ischemic heart attack, myocardial infarctions, strokes, um, dyslipidemia. There's just all these, all of them are like 30% up, if not more. So they're trying to advocate that this falls into the realm of PTs, of physical therapy. How much of that... (laughs) Can we take over?
0: Yeah. Um, I've heard of this and I've even had discussions with it, um, within kind of the current setting I'm at. PTN I'm with, she takes vitals on everyone on their eval day, no matter what. Um if
1: someone does fall kind of weird stats, do you still have to follow up every single visit? So if let's say you had a page. So yes. Okay.
0: Even if they have no no uh prior history.
1: Did you guys sure. ever refer out to a doctor?
0: We have not yet. We've had a couple high ones and they usually are people who've had history and we just let them know to like kind of what you normally would do of um hey, have you checked in with your cardiologist recently? You need to follow up with your cardiologist before we can, you know, go any further. But honestly any that are slightly elevated or slightly high past technically what's considered to be okay like it's usually explained by something or it's like pain or you're nervous or that kind of stuff so like parts of me like people are like oh you know we should be able to check vitals they should come in and check them all the time like we should be the ones who are able to track it but then at the same time I'm kind of like well who when are we to call like this is now an issue versus just this is because you're coming into therapy each time. Like, where do we make those calls in a way?
1: Yeah, like, what's the line in a way?
0: Yeah, like, what's the line? Like, for example, for me, I know every time I go in, I get total white coat syndrome. Oh, my gosh, send me to the dentist and it's like, I literally have had a panic attack and everything has shot through the roof. Um, like, I went in this last time, it was slightly elevated. But at the same time, like, I'm also in pain daily. Um, it comes in, it goes, and then I get really nervous when I go in because usually it's for a reason. (laughs) And so that gives me a little anxious. So like that goes up and it's kind of like, okay, I know that. And I take my, I monitor myself out here at home just cause, um, but it's like, okay, well, when do we see, like, they just come in each time and they're slightly elevated. When is it that we refer out? I guess you could say like, when is it no longer like when, How do we decide that it's something that needs to go further, which technically we don't have to decide that that would be the PT.
1: So that kind of leads into what the article is kind of advocating for. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone does have high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. They're advocating that they should be able to treat them for high blood pressure. Yeah. So would you refer out to get a script to address specifically high blood pressure?
0: That's the interesting thing. Like, at the point right now, I think we're at is like their big thing is they want high blood pressure is usually taken care of by just medication. Correct. Um, as you call it, just maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the big thing is PTs want to be able to try to work with high blood pressure, but with, um, uh, without the medication, like having to decrease what they're on and that kind of stuff, get them physically active and really addressing the problem of why they have blood pressure. Now, the question is, for me, is do you think that the physical activity for high blood pressure is more important than referring out to nutritionists?
1: I mean, it just kind of depends on what's causing it. Yeah. And that's the hard part. So, like, for, for example, what I did when I was going through my whole thing Mm -hmm.
0: um
1: so they did like an ultrasound on my kidneys they did um blood work they did sleep studies they did a variety of things trying to figure out what it is so it's if it is genetic or if it's your adrenal glands that are causing your high blood pressure not just your cardiovascular state how much can we help yeah or does it require medication like there's just nothing we can do about it So I think getting to the underlying reason as to why that's happening will determine whether or not we can help it.
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing too is like, I feel like I don't feel like we can just say like, yeah, this person has high blood pressure. We can just treat them type thing. Um, Because I do think we need, there needs to be figure out what more of the underlying issue is Um, and what's the appropriate time that you try to do high blood pressure. Like, work with it before treating it with medication too like you don't want someone just walking around with high blood pressure like you're gonna have to start treating with medication and then it's like okay well if you start with the physical therapy like i don't know there's just a lot of like what ifs still i feel like um that's involved with it
1: uh do you think dish if this were to continue because i think the goal of this is to curve that 40 30 40 percent increase in the next 30 or so that's a goal do you think that if they were to see physical therapists they should see a specific cardiac rehab location that their staff should be specialized in this any location will do as long as i mean we're all movement experts in a way we promote movement that's what we want
0: and in, in theory, I feel like our field's heading that way. We've talked about this before. I feel like our field's he- heading to the point where we're going to splinter off and we're going to end up having specialties anyways. Um, it's kind of like you think of like women's health right now on pelvic floor issues. Technically, any PT can treat women's health and floor issues. Are they going to get the best treatment out of it? if You're not doing it all the time. No, probably not. Um, you could say the same thing with like, you know, someone who does a lot more skilled nursing or inpatient and they do a lot more like strokes and then all of a sudden they've got a, you know, ACL that comes in. Are they going to probably be as well up on ACLs as, you know, someone who de- sees them all the time in outpatients? No. Um, so I feel like that falls under the same categories, like anything, but like anybody can treat them. Is it best that they go to someone who specializes in it? Yes. Um. And again, I feel like our field's slightly heading that way.
1: Towards more specialties? Yeah.
0: Um, I think we're starting to see it now with just women's and men's pe- uh, health in general. I feel like they're kind of starting it off. And I guess you could have said sports medicine kind of started it to begin with. You had clinics that specialize more in sports medicine um, than just your normal outpatient ones too. So like between those two categories, I feel like that kind of started it a little bit. And so I think we're going to just see it splinter a little bit more in the upcoming years, which I think is great. Honestly, I think it's good for the the patients. I think it's great for the field because it's going to get kind of our name out there more and show really what we can do. Um. Now, I think the big thing for me is based off of where physical therapy is. Now, maintenance is not something that technically insurances will pay for. I do believe maintenance is great and should be covered, or preventative care also should be covered. And that is so hard to justify right now and get paid on those. If we can get that going, then I could see how we can tie in more of these cardiovascular issues. Until then, I don't see how we can do it.
1: So that was going to be one point of discussion was the maintenance thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: as, like you said, it's just hard to justify it. Um, some are easier than I mean. Right now we've had a patient that we've seen for years and I mean, it just keeps going. Yeah. And it gets to a point where... There are situations where they won't pay for maintenance. Like well, you're not getting any better, mm-hmm. you're not getting any worse.
0: We're gonna stop improving. we're gonna stop. stop, but we're gonna stop. Yeah.
1: When they brought up this article, and I mean, I'm only trying to pick out like little things here and there. If you want to read the full article, then you're gonna have to go to the APTA. But
0: and we do believe this one. You need to be a member to read it.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, one of the discussions were if you go, if you do have some of these cardiovascular diseases, you will get, you will go to the doctor and they'll give you medication and you follow up in a month and then you'll get medication again and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. so that's kind of for like maintenance yeah but that doesn't transfer over to us um i think the talk of preventative care and getting there that's a whole nother thing (laughs) i mean i would love to get to that point too but it's just so hard to justify that
0: well i feel like we can we just have to fight for it correctly
1: correct we just have to go for it because, because right now like get this not we're, we're always the response team oh yeah. you had surgery okay come see us oh you had you like, have an injury. injury you had a fall going come to us
0: and it's like i feel like so much of our work could be more preventative of like oh you know you are slightly overweight Let's get you into physical therapy, get you active, get your everything working. Yeah, you might have some aches and pains here, but you're really not paying. But we're preventing you from getting into that painful, sedentary so who, reason. who
1: would you try to address that with, insurance companies or the docs?
0: Well, it's got to be paid. It's insurance. Do That's you talk the big, to the insurance the companies? the big thing is because insurance won't reimburse it that's, that's the hard part is insurance won't reimburse certain things. Um, for example, I remember when I was just doing my observations, um, prior, like I was, I think I was even in my undergrad and I was doing it at a place where it was a skilled nursing facility for children. And they had children who were bed bound, um, due to like, different diseases, different reasons, but a lot of them are muscular skeletal and they just are getting tighter and tighter because they're not getting moved. They're not, they're not able to move as much. Um, however though, they're not allowed to receive PT because any PT on them because their disease is, um, there's no up, there's no benefit. It's always going to decline for their disease. theres isn't, they've, Insurance finds that there's no point in doing physical therapy because of the fact that it won't actually improve them, even though it might improve how long their quality of life goes for. Yeah, cause
1: like, what, do you, what about like hospice?
0: Yeah, yeah. no. Hot, yeah, once you go on hospice, you can't have PT. PT.
1: Oh, really? I did not. I thought they had PT in
0: the uh, At least the place I was at once a person went on hospice every single time we stopped.
1: Even if you're able to... Kind of prolong quality of life?
0: Yeah, because the whole point is you're not trying to prolong. It's just you're not taking any extraordinary advances. So, like, for example, like, we kind of recently dealt with a little bit of hospice. So I don't know how well this translates to PT. That's always kind of what I've been told is once you go into hospice, PT stops because it's no longer, you're no longer trying to get better. They're not trying to get better.
1: Um. I just going to say just for those who don't know what hospice is, it's kind of end of life care, treat, care, mm-hmm. treatment, um, just because I didn't know that when I first heard that word. So, yeah, I just wanted to make that clear for anybody who doesn't know who what hospice is.
0: So, for example, my mother-in-law who recently just passed, um, she had stomach cancer and you know, she they decided there was nothing to do, but her stomach kept getting fluid on it and they kept having to drain it so she could eat and be comfortable. Well, they said if she went on to hospice that day, she would no longer be able to get her stomach drained. Because that's considered a like a care to kind of keep prolonging your life and make it better and that kind of stuff to keep you going. However though, if they put a permanent drain and port in for it to drain when she went on hospice the nurses were then allowed to drain it because there was an actual drain and that was considered just maintenance at that point of what they already have but they can't get anything new and pretty much you just get a bunch of drugs whatever drugs you want so that's hospice yeah so that's like that's what i know of hospice and then again when i worked in a inpatient setting once a patient went on hospice all physical therapy stopped. So I don't know if that was just the setting for there, but that's my understanding. So I don't know if it's changed recently. It's a couple of years ago plus maybe, but that's my knowledge of it.
1: Going to um, this sort of, I guess, even reactive. So when it comes to the cardiovascular diseases, you're thinking like shortness of breath or kind of like that endurance, right? Mm-hmm. So I, t- at least in my experience, we've never received a patient for a cardiovascular disease. I mean, granted, we are an ortho clinic. Yeah. I don't know anybody who works in a cardiovascular clinic. I don't know if they just get mainly cabbage and things like that, that they're kind of doing post-op, post-op. on. I don't know if they do any sort of maintenance preventative type of care or I guess just rehab for the any cardiovascular disease. But what about like COVID? So in the article they mentioned COVID. Mm-hmm. That I have seen. Yes, I've seen, seen that. patients who have that. Shortness of breath. It is post. It's a post reason. But it is something that we're trying to get back on track. You yes. I mean?
0: No, I agree on that. Um, so we'll
1: do a lot of cardiovascular exercise. We'll put them on the bike and then the UBE and then the treadmill for like but I 10, think 15 the minutes each. Big change.
0: difference between COVID and like hypertension. Is because of the fact that COVID those things don't have a pill to help it make it better.
1: That's a good point. I didn't think about that.
0: Where hypertension has a pill to make it better. Yet you would think in the long run, you know, physical therapy would be cheaper because if you could get it to go away altogether, then that would be better than them always having to pay insurance paying bills and doctor bills to go. But
1: <laughs> You're like, I digress.
0: But <laughs> we all have heard of this little word, and I'm going to say it: big pharma.
1: There's nothing we can do.
0: Insurance, big pharma. That plays a part, too, of what we can do. I hate to say it, but it does. <laughs>
1: so, you ever think we'll get to a point where we can see these patients? Like down the road, you think we'll be able to go to more preventative type of care? Uh, I
0: think it's possible. Maintenance if we type of fight care. correctly for it. it. It again, it it comes back to the way that in general, I think physical therapy was branded, um, and we 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 branded ourselves very well for post uh care, and I'm gonna just say post anything type of care, post injury care or post whatever care um we did not brand ourselves brand ourselves for preventative care. And if we can start branding ourselves correctly and really show our benefits for preventative care, then I think yes. Down the line this is something we can do. Now, I will say I do feel like there's a fine line between um us working with those who have hypertension or cardiovascular issues I do not think, though, I've heard this, and I'm going to put this out there. Um, I've heard people say, oh, I think we should be the main treaters. I do not agree with that. I think you are then stepping over boundaries, and I think you are now stepping, you know, how we don't like other po- professions stepping into our boundaries. Uh, I think it's same way. I think you're stepping in a little bit into more of that MD and, um, like, nursing role. They're, they're the ones who are, sh- are trying
1: to manage cardiovascular.
0: Yeah, like hypertension. I've heard ones that are like, oh, well, people should be allowed to come in and just get, you know, checked by uh, physical therapy. And physical therapy should be able to be allowed to refer out for, you know, high blood pressure and that kind of stuff versus sending them to their normal doctor and them getting to the cardiologist. And I don't agree with that. I think you're overstepping. The primary doctor at that point, and I don't think that's okay, because there might be more going on than what we know, and and might not be needing to go to cardiologist. You don't know; could be something underlying too, along with that issue that they might need several people to go see. So, to me,
1: what if they go to like a cardiac rehab center? What do you mean? Like a PT clinic that specializes in cardiac.
0: I still think it needs to come from the MD, though.
1: Well, yeah, but do you think that they will be stepping less into their realm?
0: I think at that point, it's a hand-in-hand operation, yes. I'm kind of like curious like, on what kind of equipment they because have. Because it's, it's more of like, what I'm saying, it's more of like, when people come in and we check their blood pressure and we find that they have high blood pressure, I've heard, I'm not saying all, I've heard PT say we should be able to send them to a cardiologist then. And like we should be able to start their care for that hypertension. I don't agree with that. I think you need to send them to go see the regular MD. And then from there, you know, it disperses correctly again. Whether it's a cardi, their MD wants them to go see a cardiologist. If they deem it whether or not there's multiple things they need to go see. Because how many times have you heard of someone having hypertension and then they're seeing a neurologist, a cardiologist, because there's multiple things actually going on that they can't quite narrow down. Like, there's, there's, I feel like there's more that could be happening than just sending them to a cardiologist. Does that make sense?
1: No, it is. Because okay. I mean, when I, they're checking me, they're sending me a-
0: Yeah, so it's, but like, I'm like, I don't think a PT should just be like, oh, you have high blood pressure. I might send you to a cardiologist. Because now you, you're missing your main doctor who really should be kind of organizing it. That's how at least I look at I'm it.
1: I'm trying to think of another patho that kind of runs that same because like something for you like, oh, someone has a fracture, like that's cut and dry. Kinda, bone's yeah. broken. Someone has a hernia disc. Cut and dry, it's a herniated disc. But when it comes to like high blood pressure, we sometimes you don't know what's causing yeah. it. It's well, not um, like we said at the say... top of the, the episode, so we you just don't know. But you and could... that's I feel like, kind of your point.
0: Yeah, the one you could bring in is sciatica, radiating sciatica. Yeah, radiating pain. One. You don't know if it's a neurologist or an ortho, because maybe it's just a nerve acting up. Or okay, then be... then take
1: then take the sciatica. Then someone comes in, cash pay. Mm-hmm. I have sciatica. Do you would you tell them? Oh, you have to go get assessed first before I treat you. Or is sciatica cut and dry enough that you think you can start treatment right away?
0: no i I'm saying i think you can always start treatment, but I don't think you can be the one who refers out to like, hey, I think you need to, to just somebody see else this. yeah, I'd be i for me, at least I think you should be like you should go to see your m d and then they can kind of like dictate because overall, your primary care doctor should be the one who really should be dictating your care um but again. Doing. Our care is not perfect and doesn't work that way, and I'll be the first one to admit that I skip over my primary care doctor when I know it's not a problem.
1: <laughs> I don't have a problem. So I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a insurance,
0: insurance. Allows you. I don't have a jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I that's just the to too. Is MD a lot of people don't just, have an, an insurance that has cool. a jump.
1: I'll just go there. I'll go figure it out.
0: I I'm fortunate enough that my insurance i I've literally always picked the one where I don't need a referral. I also just find it way easier to get in when you technically. Don't if need a
1: someone came in cash pay with high blood pressure, would you refer them to their MD? Like, go see MD first and
0: treat. Yeah. And then treat. Yeah. Well, because the things is too is you guidelines. For example, we've had a patient who came in high blood pressure. He knew about it, not taking any medication. It was ridiculously high, like two hundreds high. Um.
1: That's. Stroke out. Yeah, okay. so like
0: we did nothing, and so we wouldn't do anything till we got cleared for the doctor too. Cause like the thing is, is like, okay, well, where do we draw the guidelines of like, you know, we have our heart stops, but let's be honest, these people are also walking around. I had a PT who used to just say this, and it's always on his license, but um, he was like, I don't see why they can't do lighter bed activities like pelvic tilts where we're making sure they're breathing correctly and doing very light things because he goes, they're walking around and that takes more energy than what they're doing now. Like, so um, it's like, okay, who decides who those guidelines are in a way if we don't send them out, if there's not someone else overseeing it?
1: Just because like each patient has their own baseline, yeah. normal
0: yeah, in a threshold way. type of way. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's just I, I feel like a lot of factors. I do think this is a great conversation to have. Um I don't know. I don't know where it will go. The whole thing is like I know that the, the biggest argument is the fact that we see them more often than they see the doctors, the normal doctors. And that's why we should be able to allow, be able to monitor and that's why we fought so hard and that's why We've gotten okay for it, but like it's like that's why we're able to monitor their their blood pressure and everything like that too. But it's like okay, we can monitor it, but like half the time it doesn't change. They're usually not taking the medication, or they are.
1: Yeah, that's and not, you're something not you doing can any- control. I'm like
0: they're not doing anything until like I don't know. It's just it's a it's an interesting thing. I just well, like I'm I'm wondering how what really could come out of it. Besides just taking in more patients, and that means more money.
1: Also, if anybody knows somebody that's listening that works in some sort of cardiac rehab setting, we would love to pick their brain a little bit, as our knowledge in that setting isn't very extensive. Yeah. And see if they kind of agree with preventative high blood pressure cardiovascular disease care, or still a post-care care. Or they just do kind of post-op cabbages, things like that. I'm kind of curious to see Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that realm of PT because I have never been exposed to it. I know it's a thing. Yeah, There are advanced proficiency pathways and cardiac rehab. I just don't know if that's uh, a hospital. I know there's some outpatient clinics that are. But I've never been in it. I've never observed. I don't know anybody in it. So that'd be... You know a, a good bit of interview a just to, have my dad, if we're... but that's
0: back in the day back in the day when he was younger.
1: we gotta make more friends, Laura
0: we're working on it, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no overall, like I think the the thing is is just no matter what, I think the field just needs to grow, and then from there, we can kind of decide where to take it from there in a way um I'm you know I'm not opposed to it, I'm just being. A little bit of the devil's advocate here of what's the reasoning and that kind of stuff. <laughs>
1: I mean, next time we'll devil's ad- advocate for our specialties. Good for our-
0: Aria thinks yes, uh, you're the devil's advocate on Correct. that one. I was like, <laughs> I, I thought I made that one very clear for me.
1: That's what we're gonna have a conversation on that one,
0: yeah, hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, don't forget to follow us guys on Instagram um facebook i I wouldn't
1: even mention that anymore i know we
0: really don't go on that let's just say instagram Instagram. youtube and discord yeah Yeah.
1: those three are the well the the three that we're doing the most um twitter is nice for just our updates when we go our episode is live Mm -hmm. Um, we can also go to our instagram for that youtube we're just working on some videos once we coordinate some dates and record those and who i
0: did tell my pt is the ones that we were thinking about doing that we mentioned last episode and if you want a sneak peek make sure you listen to uh the last episode the last episode tuesday's episode i think in the day and i was about to say monday and i was like that's all right but i told her that's the next like, episode Ooh. she's like those sound interesting and then she goes what'd you find out and i was like oh we're about to record them <laughs> we haven't done it We haven't done it quite yet and i was like i'm saving it for the video <laughs>
1: Uh, But yeah, until then, we'll catch you guys next time.
0: All right. Bye, guys.
1: The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation
0: from your own doctor or healthcare professional.